Jewish. I know for Judaism, what is Jewish? Okay. So the last class we had about this, we were learning about the um, argument between Yishmol and Yitzchak. Yishmol said, I am more beloved because I had a circumcision at the age of 13. Yitzchak said, I am more beloved than you because I had a circumcision at the age of 8 days old. And we, what we learned last time was that Yitzchak not only surpassed Yishmol in that um, aspect, but in a way he also surpassed Abraham. Because also Avram didn't have a bris at the age of eight days old, only only Yitzhak did. And Rish Hashem, we're going to see, God willing, uh, in the future Shurim, what Avram gave us and how Yitzhak surpassed that, and how Yaakov gave all, not just himself, but Yitzhak was something had something in him that was higher than Avram, but also he gave us something too. And Yaakov gave us something more. And that's why all three of them are called our, our patriarchs. But before we get to that, let's first discuss this whole concept of inheritance. It says in Tanya that our love for Hashem is an inheritance that we have from our forefathers. There's also our fear. In Tanya, when it talks about the natural fear of a Jew from Hashem, in this, in this context, he's talking about our fear of being separate from Hashem, meaning our love and our fear are part of the same thing. A Jew is born to love for Hashem, meaning he wants to be close to Hashem. And Jew is afraid of something that will, God forbid, sever his bond with Hashem. So the question is, how does this come as an inheritance exactly? There are certain things that come as an inheritance, like certain things come naturally in our genes from our parents and grandparents, and certain things don't. Like um, characteristics are things that are naturally bequeathed to our offspring. Someone who is naturally even-tempered and kind so that, that can can transfer to the children. It doesn't have to, but it, it, it very often does. Um, on the other hand, besides characteristics, let's even intellectual characteristics. There are certain kinds of... Um, a person may have an aptitude for a certain... Um, in, in, in Kabbalah, talks about three kinds of intellectual powers. The power to create ideas, Kofma, the power to comprehend and to look in the details of ideas, the power to experience ideas. So these kinds of characteristics also could be bequeathed to our offspring, and we can get from our parents. But what about if you have a friend? You have a friend. Does that mean that your children will be friends with the same person you're friends with? That's because you're friends with them. doesn't have any bearing at all about whether they'll be friends with that person. It, it may be that they'll hear a lot of great things from you about that guy, and therefore they'll want to be friends with him too. But that's not part of their um, makeup. It's not part of their inheritance. That's just part of their... That's, that's for sure not nature. That's for sure just nurture. Or, or let's talk more broadly about deus, about perspectives. Just because um, you voted someone into Congress, because you, had the, the, you thought this person was really good for the government, for the American people, uh, or your political persuasion, that has no bearing at all on, uh, on, your, on your progeny. Just because you feel that this person should be the president or the or the, the senator, or this is this political perspective is the best, that will not naturally be bequeathed to your offspring. Again, you may educate your child that way, but that's not, that's not what we're discussing today. We're talking about inheritance. The question is, how can we say about Avram's love for Hashem, Yitzchak's love for Hashem, that that this is passed on? as an inheritance, 
to all the Jewish people. How, how, is it, how does that work? The truth is that there is another thing that it says that Jewish people have, besides having love for Hashem and reverence and, and fear of being separate from Hashem. The Gemara says there are three signs of the Jewish people. Among them, Jewish people are merciful and kind. And even about that, a similar question could be asked. Yes, it's possible the characteristics could be passed off to our offspring, but they don't have to be. And even if they're passed off to our offspring, to our children, it doesn't mean they're passed off to our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren and a hundred generations later. So, so why is it that the Torah says that you could tell the sign of the Jew, the Jew is kind, the Jew is merciful, something that's obvious, something that, that you could see in, in, in a Jew? How, how, where, does that, where does that come from? How does that work? The answer is like this. There are three parts of a person. There are their characteristics, that, and then there is their, their their perspectives, and then there is they themselves. Characteristics, yes, they can be biologically be, bequeathed to our offspring, and then there are, but they're they're, they're deeper. They're, they're they're deeper than just perspectives. Perspectives aren't bequeathed. My father's friend doesn't mean he's my friend. Just because you love Hashem doesn't mean that I love Hashem. That that that, that it would seem. That's if talking about perspectives or things that are we acquired, things which are very external. But what about your very identity? Your very identity does pass off to your child. Your identity will be the identity of your child. Talking about your very self. We, we learned in previous uh, classes about the difference between Jews and all other people in the world. We learned that there are four categories in creation. There's the inanimate, vegetation, animal, and human. And that's the very identity of those four categories. A Someone who's born in as a human being will always be a human being. Unlike uh, our, perspe- our, our perspectives and our character are a, a little more fluid. Our character can change. I may be born as a cruel person, but I could work on myself. I could do acts of kindness and charity. I could meditate. And I can uh, change, not easy, but I could, I could work on my character and change it somewhat. Parenthetically, uh, someone once asked Rebbe about the Torah and how if the Torah is meant to be a uh, uh, the guide for life, how can we find people following the Torah who are, uh, I know the words in his letter, but let's say the word obnoxious. They keep the Torah, and, and people always ask this question. If people are very observant, and they keep the Torah. Is, it, is your Torah an obnoxious Torah? Is your Torah a selfish Torah? Well, that guy keeps the Torah, and he keeps Shabbos way more than I do, and yet he's obnoxious, and he's... And the answer is, very simply, it's, a, it's like someone goes to a doctor, and he comes out with, with, with the casts on his arms and legs, and another person comes out of the doctor, and he is ready to run, run the marathon. He's ready to, to, to uh, be an acrobat. It has to do with what, the way they came into the doctor. So, in a similar way, the Torah does is medicine, but how, how much they follow the doctor. True, but also, but also, it's there. There's certain pre, pre um, uh, predisposed to certain characteristics, and they were born. And uh, there, there are some things that uh, the Torah may have an effect on someone for because they observe the Torah that may not seem uh, that 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 but for that person. It may not seem that special or dramatic, but that person has 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 gone light years away from where they were before. But anyways, that's that's our characteristics. 
it's even possible to exercise our minds and to, to change the characteristics of the way we think. You may be good at creative writing and not good at mathematics, but then you could have someone train you in mathematics and, and you could learn a lot about it. You may have hated geometry in 10th grade, like I did, Baruch Hashem, and you're okay with algebra, even algebra too, but geometry, no. And then and someone may teach you and, and yeah, you like it. So um, that's our, our characteristics. However, our, um, and see what for sure, our perspectives, our perspectives change too. Our perspectives and um, ourselves, uh, they, they, they change. It depends on the you, last year you, you were a sworn uh, a Democrat, and this year you are, can imagine anyone could possibly be a Democrat. It's, it's possible. And, 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 it's, it's, and, and it happens. And that's, that's our perspectives change. But is it possible that you could stop being human? You can't stop being human. Not only is it, can I stop being human, you know that your children will be human. You don't know if they'll be Democrats, you don't know if they'll be kind, but you know they're going to be human. You know also that your 10 generations from you, 100 generations from you, they're all going to be human. And the same is also with all categories of creation. An ox is going to have a baby ox, and they're going to have, uh, and, and, and all, all animals, all, all, they will bequeath their children their very core, their very essence. So, what's unique about the, the, the Jewish people, as we learned in the previous classes, is that the Jewish people aren't just another category within creation. Rather, Hashem gave us a part of Himself. Hashem gave us a godly, holy soul, which is a part of God Himself. It's not another category in creation. It's something which is a part of Him. So that is our identity. That's the kind of soul we have. Just like in <clears throat> a, a, a trees have one kind of soul, which makes them grow, and animals have a higher kind of soul, which makes them be animals, and people have a higher kind of soul, which makes them intellectual. So to <clears throat> the Jews have a different kind of soul that makes them godly. That's their identity. So although it may be a past 20, 30 generations, anyone was obser- observant in their Judaism, it doesn't mean that their identity has changed. You know for sure they have the same Jewish identity. It's, not, it's impossible that they wouldn't have the same Jewish identity. That means that their identity is godly. Their, their identity is that they're part of Hashem. And this characteristic is not just a characteristic. This is our identity. So characteristics may be bequeathed to our children. Our, our, uh, our, our um, perspectives, no, no, they don't get passed on. But the reason why our Jewishness is passed on is because our Jewishness is our very essence. And that's what the Torah says, that we receive from our forefathers uh, our Jewishness, our love for Hashem. That's part of the soul that we have. That's a kind of, that's our, our very identity. It's who we are. We are born with the love of Hashem. We're born with a fear of being separate from Hashem. That's who we are. So the question is asked, okay, if that's true, the obvious question is, okay, so what about Yishmael? What about uh, Esau? Um, didn't they also... Um, uh, weren't they born from Avram and Yitzchak? So the Torah itself addresses this question. The Torah says when uh, about Yitzchak, Torah, Hashem tells Yitzchak, Ki Yitzchak Within Yitzchak, you will have your seed. That means that Yishmael is not called the child of Avram. The Torah itself says that he's not called the child. Rather, Yishmael Yatsen Avram Yatsen Yishmael. Yishmael came out of Avram, but he doesn't have the same. Um, kind of relationship as a child does to a father. He comes from Avram, 
and yet he's not like a child of Abba. So, so what, why that is and what exactly that means is that's a bigger subject than for today, but let's suffice to say for now that the Torah itself answers this question. The Torah says that Yitzchak is Avram's child, and then the Torah further says, be Yitzchak, within Yitzchak. That means not all children of Yitzchak will be the progeny of Avram, only Yaakov, not Esau. Who is considered the, uh, the who will continue the seed of Abraham, y- y- Yaakov and Yaakov's children, not all the children of Yitzchak. So, and converts, conversely, if someone converts to Judaism, so one second, if it's something you're born with, how can they come someone be Jewish? And the answer is, is that the Gemara says, Gershon is Gai Kachin Eldam. The Gemara says when a person converts to Judaism, they're like born, they're totally, they're, they're a whole new ent- identity, they're a whole new being. They now receive from God something brand new. It's true that they didn't get it from their forefathers, but if someone sincerely uh, converts to Judaism, uh, halakhically rather, word sincerely is, uh, it could be very sincere and not be Jewish, it could be very Jewish and not sincere, but if someone halakhically converts to Judaism, which one of the, one of the uh, um, things that needed to be to convert to Judaism is to be sincere, so then they receive a holy neshama of Hashem, and, that, and they become a new entity, a new identity. With Avram, and with all of us, it's not just a soul thing. It's, it's, it's something which is not, not just part of our identity. As, as a, the soul that we receive, that means the Jew receives different kinds of soul than a human being, and, and other creatures, and other animals, and, other, and inanimate things. But it also has to do with the body of a Jew. In the circumcision, there's something that's more than the giving of the Torah. Something that's more than uh, the other covenants that God made with all the Jewish people. Torah says that when God gave us the Torah, He made a covenant with all the Jewish people that were there then, and all the Jewish people that will ever be born. So to Arvis Mayav, the covenant was made with all every soul that will ever be born. Of souls that will only be born after Mashiach come, souls of the converts, every Jew is there. However, the circumcision does something more. It's not just a connection in soul. A, a circumcision brings the holiness of God on the body of the Jew. By Abram circumcising himself, he transformed not just his body, but he brought the holiness of his neshama into the body of all of his offspring. So much so that the Gemara says that even, if let's say someone makes a vow, and he says, I am going to be forbidden to have any benefit at all from, um, from, the, uh, from the circumcised. I vow I will not have any benefit from the circumcised. And there's a Jew who's not circumcised. And let's say he's halachically not circumcised. He's not allowed to be circumcised because his two older brothers died because of circumcision. And therefore, the halach is he don't circumcise the next child. So he's, not, he's never going to be circumcised. He's not even required to be circumcised. Can I have, I made this vow, I'm not going to have any benefit from, from any um, circumcised person. Can I have benefit from, from this Jew who's not circumcised? Or... Let's say there is a non-Jew who is circumcised. There's a Muslim guy who is circumcised. Can I benefit from, from this Muslim who is circumcised? And the halacha is, says the Gemara, in the Zara, the Gemara says that I am permis- permitted to have pleasure, to have benefit from non-Jews who are circumcised, and I am forbidden to have any benefit from any, any Jew, who, even though he's not circumcised. In other words, the circumcision of Avram transformed Jewish bodies also, as we are learning yesterday, for all time, not only those who are circumcised, even those who aren't circumcised, are also different, their bodies are different because they're Jewish, because Avram circumcised himself. 
the circumcision of Avram conveyed holiness on not just his soul, but also his body, and not just his body, but also his progeny. The whole the body of the Jew became a a holy body. What about women? So Gemara says, Ishtak Mihiladam. A, a woman is considered to be circumcised. Not that she doesn't need to be circumcised, but that she is circumcised. A woman has halachic status and, the, and has the uh, halachic and kabbalistic and spiritual benefit of a circumcision without a circumcision. Just like every Jew does. As, as I said before, that even if you don't have a circumcision, you're already in a different category because you're Jewish. Because you're Jewish, you are considered of the circumcised. The Gemara... Let's say this. The Gemara does say that a vow goes by the language of people. Oh, masmachti. A vow is considered a vow. Um, the definition of a vow has to do with the language people usually employ. So it, may, it seems that, okay, so then the fact that uh, when you make a, a vow that you're going to be forbidden from those who are circumcised, you probably meant all Jews. That's how you might learn the Gemara. But the Gemara is, specific, is very specific. In the, in the Dharam, it says, Why are you forbidden from all Jews? Because called, the Torah says that all, all non Jews considered not to be circumcised. That means the definition of a Jew is, to be, is circumcised. That's how the Gemara, the Gemara defines a Jew. It's not because, on the contrary, when the Gemara says that a vow goes by the language of people, it highlights this point even more. Even in the vernacular, yeah. even the way people talk to each other, what's the definition of when you say I I am going to take a vow about circumcised people, you obviously meant all Jews, even those who are not circumcised, because that's the definition of a Jew. Now, circumcision certainly is necessary for every Jew, because you this connection that we have in our bodies to Hashem needs to be uh, actualized and revealed. However, there is something in the Jewish body that is there even before there is, um, even before the circumcision. And that's why circumcision is required. So, and this, so this answers our question. The question was, how do the characteristics of Avram and Yitzhak and Yaakov, how are they bequeathed to their offspring? And the answer is, they're, they're, it's not their characteristics that are bequeathed. Yeah, characteristics could or could not be bequeathed, but, but what's the reason why, why, why our faith in God and our love for God and our reverence for God is something we get from our forefathers is because it wasn't just a characteristic. It was their very identity. Just like from a human being, we'll always have human children and human grandchildren until end of generations, so too Avram's progeny to end of generations will always have the characteristics of his soul and of his body because it's not just a characteristic, it's, it's his soul, it's identity. And I, I keep on going back on that word. It's not, the word's not characteristic. All Jews will have this, a similar soul to Avraham just like all cows, Lahabdil, will all give birth to children, which will have the the a cow soul that makes them to be cows. So to Lahabdil, a Jew is born with a Jewish soul that he gets from his great great grandfather, and he will give off to his children and grandchildren. So to the Jewish body also, because of the holiness that was conferred upon Avram's body through his circumcision, all Jews are in that category, even without the circumcision, and that's why circumcision is required. Now, as far as uh, Yitzchak is concerned, we said that Yitzchak has an advantage over Avram. What was his advantage? As we'll see in coming classes, God willing, that Yitzchak, unlike Avram, he was circumcised at the age of 99, and Yishmuel at the age of 13. And there it's, in that kind of connection to Hashem, 
which is at such an advanced and such a mature age. So it's possible to uh, not, not, it's not so overtly obvious that the connection is not based upon the, the decision of, of the human being making circumcision, but that it's a God making the covenant with the Jew. However, the eight-day-old baby, you see more this idea of this, that, that our connection to Hashem is not based upon our understanding and our feelings, but that it's something that it's, that, that's godly. And th- therefore, Yitzchak's circumcision, uh, being born Jewish and being circumcised at, eight, 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 at the age of eight days, <clears throat> we'll see coming classes how he gave us something more. His circumcision was greater than Avram's, and he gives all the Jewish people something more than we got from Avram. That's why Yitzchak, and we see also by Yaakov, <clears throat> they bequeath to us something that we didn't that that, that we don't um, <clears throat> that goes on for all generations. They're called the, the fathers of every Jew. All right, that was what I wanted to share today. Any questions or comments? It's an obvious comment. You know, in the old days, you could dress as a woman, dress as a man, this and that. Today, we've gone way beyond that. We've gone so far beyond mutilating our bodies, thinking that we can transform ourselves to be whatever. How does this? You know, why this now? When we're so close to Mashiach. That's the answer. Well, the answer is so close to Mashiach. It says things will come very clear before Mashiach comes. You and no. I know that, but I mean, to, to talk to these people, it's like talking to a wall. They ridicule you and say you're old fashioned, you're out of touch. You answered this question yesterday, Dr. Bresson. You said, you used a great, great expression yesterday. You said, there are people which are physiologically OTD, they're off the derech. Yeah. So, so the God wants them to behave a certain way their bodies, and they're, not, they're off the derech. They're not following the way of Hashem. So I, I, I wouldn't call them these people. I, I, every time I have one of those cookies, I, I hear you talking in my no, ear. No, no, no. I'm off the derech. I'm not going the path of Hashem. No, he's anything in a cook scene. Oh, okay.